Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Classic Lenses podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Joining me today, we have Carl Havens in Gainesville, Florida, and I wish to say happy birthday, Carl. Thank you, Simon, and good morning. And listen, before we start, I have to clear the air about something important. Um, in the last episode, I believe I said, I do have no reason to like a Jupiter 12. And what I really meant to say was, I don't have any reason to not like a Jupiter 12. Kind of a double negative, if you will. <laughs> oh, a tottering old daughter he is. Yeah. Happy 67th birthday, by the way, Carl. You're right. right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're looking good on it. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing it really well. I, I have to say, I hope when I get to be that age, I look and feel as good as you do. Right, right. Okay. And and as you as you already guessed there, uh, we also have Johnny Sisson in Chicago. Hello, Johnny. Hello, good morning. Hello. Um, right, last week uh, we had M from Emulsif on the show and he gave us a, something of an education on Hasselblad cameras and the weird and wonderful things he does with them. Um, also, as a consequence of M's appearance, there's a, uh, a Twitter, pa- Twitter campaign that's going around, launched by the London Camera Project, um, in an effort to identify him. So, if you want to have a bit more, find out some more details on that, just look for the, ser- the hashtag What Does M Look Like for more information. Um, so far, we've worked out he wears glasses. Um, and I think we're struggling for any more really hard information, but uh, please, please help with this. Uh, so that's what does M look like? And that's on Twitter. So uh, this week, we're going to be largely talking about standard lenses that are f1.2 or faster. Um, but before we get on to that, uh, here's some feedback from last week from Johnny. So my job on this podcast, apparently, is to... Uh, show up totally unprepared each week when we're going to do feedback and I'm more unprepared than usual this week. I'm just going to say it was a long week and I, you know, actually slept in a little bit. So, um, I'm just going to kind of go through, uh, what's, what's here in the photography of classic lenses group. Simon, you know, does his weekly post where he posts the, the podcast and then we all have a chat about it right after people listen. So I'm going to kind of run through this uh completely dry as they say um because i haven't even done any homework whatsoever we, 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 we're just so, glad you turned up johnny so uh yeah, that's, that's, that's all good. So this is this is really bad it's 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 all on me um uh for being unprepared anyway uh so let's see here james giordano see i'm off to a great start james giordano um it looks like he's still working through his Gary Fong issues. Uh, so I see some Gary Fong and some HDRs. His classic Jimmy in here having a little little rant about HDR and, and Gary Fong. Uh, so that looks good. Let's see. Hey, there's Andre Dominguez. Oh, no, no, no. That's Anthony Andres. I was thinking Andre because I saw him on that gigantic. Oh, I can't talk about that. That's the super secret group. Right? Yeah, I can't talk about that. I, I just realized uh, I can't talk about that. All right. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm already screwing everything up, people. The first rule of super secret group is do not talk about secret, super secret group, right? Right. Um, the thing you were doing this morning, we were supposed to be reading the emails. Yeah, exactly. See, I'm going to blame it on mm. persons who maybe uh, were recent guests on the podcast, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. blame that on. Uh, I still have no idea what they're talking about, but that's okay. 
<laughs> so there's Hamish says, I've only listened to the first five minutes. I'm guessing that's probably all he actually listened to. Uh, but he says he only listened to the first five minutes, and I found the criticism offensive to me personally. Um, I have no idea who would have offended Hamish. Uh, but <laughs> let's see. I'm just scrolling down and just reading through things a little bit here. Um, okay, Ben Kudo actually made an attempt to... Um, put something relevant into this chat about the uh, about the last episode and has a link about um, HDR photography, which is actually good and doesn't suck. I've actually seen this guy's work before too. It's um, uh, yeah. Crude Crudson's work, right? Um, so there's a link, there's a link there to some, some images. Um, uh, ben Kudo, uh, wasn't Ansel Adams the original HDR photographer? I would actually say yes, that's true. He just, you know, like everything, he showed remarkable restraint. <laughs> and now that it's all just sliders, everything's kind of gone to hell. But um, yeah, uh, Ansel Adams really kind of would have been a proponent, I think, of HDR photography. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so we got some more, let's see, more comments on HDR uh bad <laughs> i don't simon says i don't particularly want to reopen the bad photographer debate and then it looks like there's a bunch of debate about bad photographer um let's see jimmy medi there's medi bulasa uh with uh an hdr image stack now there's something that we <clears throat> we didn't really talk about the difference between i guess hdr and image stacking because they really kind of are two different things would we not? Would we not agree? Yeah. Well, well, I think at the uh, time we were we were talking about the difference possibly between HDR and tone mapping, and uh, yeah, I, I guess that's where you're coming from. But, but uh, stacking is so that's something that I I sometimes do uh, for landscape yeah, shooting. Right, I've, I've, I've done that quite a bit as well, even before like HDR kind of turned into a thing with just sliders you could turn to eleven. Um, you know, I I I did a lot of compositing like that kind of early on and when the digital thing was relatively new um so shia morrison uh then put a little bit of info in about arrow ectars i uh following up on the on the last conversation i'm not i feel like people are not as um maybe aware of those lenses probably because you can't really well you can but you most people do not shoot them on tiny formats such as full frame or smaller so i i feel like that was kind of a new a new thing maybe for people that they weren't aware of what aero ectars do um because it's mainly large format film but um so there's some uh a nice link there from uh cheyenne about uh with with some with some good aero ectar images um let's see where are we here i'm almost to the end uh m as the voice of reason uh, ben Kudo says M was a voice of reason with the conversation about using non-full frame sensors on classic lenses. I guess I could definitely agree with that. So, okay. So I just scrolled through all the comments from last episode in photography with classic lenses. And now I'm going to jump over to uh, mflenses.com. Uh, and it looks like we have some comments there as well. So uh, Simon, po you posted a teaser for this week's episode about the 1.2 survey um and then let's see if we have some comments there try to take the survey but it's already over well then you weren't fast enough now were you i'll ask okay 
Um, but there are some comments here and uh, that will, maybe we will, uh, uh, include in the episode, but he says we multiple micro four thirds cameras, nearly hundred classic lenses. Ah, okay. So he's talking about, uh, video. <clears throat> we had a, uh, he talked about using classic lenses for video, which is a topic we may have on in the future. Yes, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're sure. chatting about that. Yeah. So some, some good information there. Uh, what else? Oh, this is just some, comments from simon nothing important there um so that's it i just scrolled through all those what else what else what what did i miss i, I couldn't i couldn't begin to start um well i i wish, I wish to thank you for uh, for this week's in, in, incredibly uh, detailed uh, run through there um I think it's been we- fun it's been fun folks um i've 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 been Fired. I just have heard uh, in the cha- the private chat with Simon. So, um, thank you for the opportunity to join you for twenty seven podcasts, and it's been a great time. <laughs> well, you can you can you can stay a little bit longer, and perhaps you might redeem yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. sure. You don't want me for this episode, don't you? So you can yeah. replace me. Great. Okay. Um, we do have feedback. Hey, look at this. I got the emails queued up. Should we go through the email feedback? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we got we have a uh, feedback from uh, James. I believe this is our buddy James Thorpe. Is that that first email? I'm pretty sure. I don't see the last name, but I see the first name and Thorpe in the email address. So I'm thinking it's James Thorpe. Anyway, he said fantastic episode number 27 with them, and he said he's surprised to hear he's a fan of Shanghai Film. Uh, have heard numerous reports about emulsion inconsistency. Um, some batches good, some batches bad. Um, and he mentions my favorite low budget black and white 120 stocks currently are FOMA and Arista. Uh, says he shot some FOMA uh, on a European trip and it's been his favorite because it's contrasty. I couldn't agree more. Um, and then he mentions uh, uh, M's Aero Ektar uh, experience. And here's a topic we've talked about in the past. Um, I've been dying. He says, I've been dying to get one of one for my speed graphic, but a little concerned about the radioactivity issue. I have a couple of radioactive Takamars, but they somehow don't seem as life threatening as a huge arrow Ektar, which yes, is about, you know, 12 times bigger than a 50 millimeter Takamar. Um, there's a lot of hot glass to hold close to your head. Uh, problem is I like the look of the lens, especially four by five, um, I've looked at other Petzl type lenses, but those prices have skyrocketed. Uh, do you know of any other non-radioactive that you give similar look on large format? Um, and he says again, thanks for the podcast. I, I mean, similar look on large format. You know, it, it, we've had this chat a little bit in our um, offline, you know, group that we just where where we chat, and every once in a while, Simon will throw out his typical, you know, Tessar uh comments about how tessars are crap and they can't do can't do bokeh i can't do this can't do that and then you know i i tend to throw in well look at this and it's generally a picture of um you know like a uh, image from like a 300 millimeter tessar on four by five film which has like incredibly shallow depth of field um and oodles of ridiculous bokeh and i i mean i i think that that the arrow ektar does it because it's got that ridiculous maximum aperture but i think you know it's all so much of that is like film format size as well as aperture because those those big tessars on 
you know, eight by 10 cameras, those are not fast lenses. They're probably, you know, F eight, if that, um, and they have incredibly shallow depth of field and, um, and, and tons of bokeh for people who like that similar arrow ektar look. So I, I mean, I think that, that whole thing with the arrow ektar in particular, it's just so much of it is a function of the format of, you know, the, the area that the image circles covering, um, as much as the lens almost like, I, I think that's what people are so drawn to about Petsville lenses too. Cause they're not, they're not particularly fast lenses. Um, I guess you could say they are, but not, not really. So I, I don't, I don't know. That would be my thought on what else looks like a arrow Ektar is, you know, if you can increase your, <laughs> your size of your recording medium, almost any lens can give a look like that. Um, so, so is the arrow Ektar is is that that is a Tessar formulation? Is it? Um, well, if you, you know, it's interesting. If you look at the if you look at the formula, I should probably pull one up. I'm just going to kind of speak from memory, but it, yeah, I mean, it does. It, it it is essentially it does essentially look like a Tessar, but there's it has too many elements. If that makes sense, hmm. so it's almost like a basically a, a Tessar with extra correction. Uh, I'm gonna you just mean, pull you up. Mean a, the... You mean a sonar? <laughs> no, I mean a tessar. Okay. Uh, hold on. I am just googling arrow ectar lens formula. So if I can see it, yeah, right. So I, if you look at the, if you look at a a diagram of that lens, it's essentially a the 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 two center groups are pretty close to looking like a a tessar. And then it has an, an additional group at the back. Um, I should make sure I'm actually look, looking at it. Yes, okay, this is actually, an, I'm looking at an Aeroactar diagram. I want to make sure I was actually looking at an Aeroactar diagram and not some BS that the internet told me it was an Aeroactar diagram. But it, it's essentially, I mean, the, the center groups, it's got two pairs, so four elements and two pairs in the middle. And then it's got, in the back, it's got another uh, group, which is, you know, two cemented lenses. And in the front, it's got a big single element. So it's essentially the basics of it are very similar to a Tessar formula, but it has, you know, those additional elements on the front and back. So I, I, I which to kind of does make sense because Tessars are very sharp lenses. And if you're using, if the whole point of that lens was to take these massive images on large format, you know, air, literally aerial reconnaissance, highly detailed images. A Tessar is actually a really good lens for that. Um, and it, I'm thinking it just needed to be corrected uh, for that fast aperture to, you know, uh, help to eliminate motion blur. So you got a lot of light coming in. Um, so, I mean, it does kind of make sense in a weird way that at, at te a a Tessar, a, you know, a 300 millimeter Tessar on say eight by 10 and an Aero Ektar on say four by five are going to have a similar look. Mm. Um, one, one thing just to def def defend my uh, opinion of Tessars. I'm, I, I was talking specifically on the, on the smaller formats. <laughs> you were, um, that's true. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and really it's not so much, it's not so much uh, Boca. Um, I'm less and less bothered about Boca these days, but it's, it's just, the general look of a shot that was taken with the Tessar is just, it's just very uniform and it doesn't really have a great deal of character on the, on the smaller formats. Whereas on the, the larger formats, that 
smoothness about it and the way you you get the the, the drop off from sharp to to, to soft is is quite beautiful on the on larger formats but i don't i just don't really see that happening on the smaller format so that's right. that's my uh, issue with tessar should we say yeah so check those yashica t4s folks they're crap <laughs> ah, but that's a wide angle one though so i mean the, the 35 millimeter or whatever it is uh, tessar that sounds like a good idea um but 50 is a standard mm, yeah doesn't really okay, do it for fine. me yeah, yeah. kind of I, I, I see what you're saying yeah um, Carl, uh, you did some uh, research on radioactivity for way back in episode three, right? Um, and I'm so I'm dropping you in it on on, on this one a little bit, but uh, the 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 conclusion that you came up with was uh, that it's generally something that you, you shouldn't really be worried about as long as you you're not licking the glass or grinding it up and swallowing it um but that was when we were talking about something quite small and these are you know fair size larger than a super takamar um did, would you think your your view on that would necessarily change because of size or or, or not i mean i mean I'm, I'm just dropping you in it here so uh, you're, you're not an expert as such but you do know more about this than probably most people i'm not an expert i'm no i don't know that my view would change i wouldn't hold it up to my eye for a long period of time but that's the same thing that I said about the other lenses. So I'd probably say exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've licked a Takamar. I'm just going to say. And I t- look how I turned out. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was, it, was it just before the feedback section? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just this morning, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've licked lenses. Haven't you guys licked your lenses ever? Um, no. See, now you're both making that face. But I, I'm, I'm serious here for one second, okay? Sometimes when you're cleaning a lens, like a little saliva will will break down some of the crapola that's on the front of that lens. So I've actually I've licked I've licked many a lens, including the radioactive ones. Uh, I've let my dog do it, but I've never done it. <laughs> I don't know if dog saliva works. Diamond, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if that if that's the same thing though. <laughs> Okay, should we should we, should we move on to like, the? Can we just move on, please? Yeah, yeah we, have, we have we have one more one more email, don't we? Another email flooded in last week. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Dean Robertson, and he he emailed classic lenses podcast at gmail.com. He Says hi, chaps. I would appreciate your thoughts on this. I have an Olympus EM10 mic. Oh, well, f- that I'm out on this one. You guys can pick up on that if you want. Micro Four Thirds camera, which I love. I have the twin lens. Uh, I have the twin kit lenses plus a modern manual Samyang 12 millimeter, which I use for wide shots and astro. Um, all was good. I was very happy until bum 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 discovered old lenses, and now I have a problem. Uh, I now find modern autofocus zooms boring. No idea what he's on about here, but um, I prefer the slower process of manual primes. And it reminds me when I first started photography with my old Practica SLR as a teenager. Oh my God, this guy does have problems. No, Practica, Practica, Practicas are okay. Um, my shots are better now too. The problem is that I have a gap in the fo- in my eh, in the focal length range that I'm struggling to fill due to crop factor. Uh, I have the Samyang uh, with 12 millimeters to do wide. Okay. A selection of 50 millimeters, such as my Carl Zeiss Pankler, which are great for portraits. 135 lenses, such as the Jupiter 11, which are great as a long lens. 
Um, the gap in the lens length I would probably like most, uh, the old school 40 to 50 millimeter prime, ideally. I'd like to be closer to 40 millimeter focal length. So do I pick up an old 24 millimeter or similar? Do I use an Indistar 28, which is great for black and white, street shots, et cetera, soft on the edges? Uh, or do I pick up a modern manual lens in this focal length? The choices seem limited and expensive. Or do I just stick with perfect, perfectly adequate kit zoom and try not to fall asleep? Remember to wipe away the tears when I'm using it. And he concludes, I think my preference would be for an old lens, which feels nice to use, which will uh, give good results on a crop sensor. Uh, does such a thing exist in the 20 to 25 millimeter focal length range? Uh, hold on one second. My uh, window just flipped out. Um, if so, what should I look for? And this is Dean Robbie Robbo. Yeah. Good question. So that's easy. I want you want to know the answer? Oh boy. No. You, <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I, no if, I, if I was doing this, because this is what I did myself, I'd buy a 24 millimeter Nikor. Yeah. Not Nikor. Nikor. Um, AI or AIS. And I think that in the 24s, they might be the same lens. Um, because I've had a number of different 24s and I've used them on Olympus, Fuji, and Sony. And, and, I, and I find that one to be the best performer so of the ones, of the ones yeah. that I've owned. Yeah. Um, it, it's, now, he, should, he needs a Pen 40 1.4 also. No, he's a pen, he needs a Pen 25 2.8. That would be good, too. Yeah. Both. He needs both. Everyone yeah. needs a Pen 40. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my experience on, on uh, myself is I, I didn't actually use a 24 mil on the, when I was using Micro Four Thirds. I, I, but I used a lot uh, my Sigma uh, Mini Wide 2, a 28 millimeter 2.8, um, which is a little bit longer uh, than, than um, Dean's after here. But uh, uh, I just want to say that, that was a great lens on Micro Four Thirds, um, especially that it did a, it's got a really good close focus on it as well. Now, uh, Sigma also do uh, a 24 millimeter uh, super wide, which is also uh, viewed to be probably equal to the uh, to the mini wide. I mean, the, the mini wide is a really good solid um, performer. It's not it's not the sharpest lens out there, but it's one of those lenses that it produces really nice images um, as long as you don't look too closely. Um, when I did a 28 millimeter test, it, it didn't resolve as well as some lenses that cost four times as much. Well, yeah, there you go. It's it's full. It's a quarter of the price, um, but the actual images themselves, just looking at them on face value, were, were really good. And I would expect the the 24 millimeter super wide uh, to be you know a, a a good choice and something that's that's worth looking at. Another 24 mil lens, which again I have not tried on Micro Four Thirds, but I see no reason why it won't be a, a good performer. Is the Tamron, and that's the the Tamron 24 millimeter f 2.5. It's a little bit faster. Um, I don't think it focuses quite as close as the Sigmas, but it's I'm pretty sure it's got a, a good close focus as well. Um, and that certainly holds up all the way through to full frame as well. That's a that's a really good lens stop down. So um, they will be my 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 tips for that range. Alternatively, um, you know, go with as as well. You could go with as Carl has said there, or even um, stick with uh, a Micro Four Thirds lens if you were uh, if you want ultimate sharpness across the frame. Get a flectagon. 
get a 20 millimeter or a 24 millimeter flectagon. It'll be interesting, gigantic on the camera, yeah, and a huge. lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially the 2.8. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking. That big, yeah. gigantic, freaking jumbo white element. Yeah, yeah. that'd be that would be fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good one. So uh, yeah, ho hopefully we've we've helped you out to some degree there. Uh, Dean. So uh, you'll have to let us know if uh, if that's useful information or not. Uh, plus, actually, you wrote this about seven days ago. So sorry, it's taken a long time to actually get round this, but round to this, and you haven't. You may have actually bought all your lenses that you right. need now. Um, so, uh, but we got there in the end. Right. Okay. So, have we got any more? Or are we, uh, are we there now? Should we move on? Yeah, I think that's. Okay, well, yeah. let let let's let's move on then. So, um, earlier on, actually, no, it was last week, I sent out a um, a post and I put it onto Instagram and Facebook and uh, photography with classic lenses that we were going to be talking about uh, fast or super fast standard lenses, um, and that in itself started to that, that led to some debate as to well what actually is a standard lens uh, because depending on your uh, shooting format that standard lens changes and uh, um, so just to be clear uh, a standard lens is a, is a lens that sort of gives the same focal length as your eye um, and that is generally generally genuine generally um, perceived to be about 50 about 50 millimeters um on on a 30 on 35 millimeter or full frame and uh, uh so you, you can if you're shooting on micro four thirds then the 25 millimeter lens will be a standard lens and there are some super fast uh lenses um on four micro four thirds but we're talking about classic lenses here um although thinking about it there may be some voigtlanders that in that speed which are manual which therefore would qualify for our uh, discussions but for really for today uh, we just wanted to stick with the stuff that is, is 50 millimeter which is a standard lens or 50 to 58 millimeter which is a standard lens on a full frame uh, format now i sent the uh, this this request for information and within two days we'd actually received 73 respondents um so thank you very much for those people that uh, took the time to uh, to complete the questionnaire and to answer the questions and also uh, provided with some um, comments as well now before we start going through uh, what was actually said um as I say there, we had 73 respondents. Now, uh, so this, this survey ultimately is regarding those 73 people. So it could be a case of, um, that, well, we can't use this as being completely representative of everybody that um, takes part in photography with classic lenses, whether that be the Facebook book group or just in the wider world. This is just of the people that actually took part. So um, we've... We, so the answers themselves can only be interpreted from the responses that we had, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, so the first question we had uh, was, do you own a 50 to 58 millimetre f1.2 lens? And uh, the answers that we, the choices that we gave uh, were yes, no, no, uh, but I want one and no, and I don't want one. And the... Uh, 
probably not surprisingly, um, the the top answer was yes, because I suspect those people who have got a, a 50 millimeter or 58 millimeter 1.2 lens were probably motivated to actually click on the on the uh, questionnaire in the first place. So um, so at least of the respondents, 52% um, of them said yes, I have one. Um, Thirteen percent or fourteen percent, sorry, uh, said that uh, they didn't. Um, there's about twenty-nine percent or so of people uh, don't have one but want one, and then there's also this five point four eight percent of people that haven't got one and they don't want one. Um, so when I I did a, a little breakdown of the because I asked the question, well, what do you actually use, and We've got a breakdown of all the lenses that uh, the respondents uh, put into it, and uh, and it was it was interesting just to see uh, which were the most popular lenses out there. And I don't think it was it's going to be that much of a surprise uh, because the the most popular by brand are uh, Nikon, Canon, and then Minolta, um, which you know they are probably the lenses that we actually see most of these standard lens pictures from, um, and. It's if you want to break them down by brand in particular, um, Nikon. Uh, we had uh, eight people uh, said they had uh, Nikon lenses, uh, fast fast ones, and another eight people uh, had uh, Canon lenses. Um, the breakdown as to you know, were they Nikon fifty fives and fifties, um, it got a little bit muddled because some people didn't actually put down whether it was an AI or an AIS, and uh, um, so I've, I've sort of bunched them together. So uh, the Nikon fifty or fifty five uh, one point two um, were were the most popular. Uh, lens, if it's, but I have actually put things together. But the same goes with the the Canons, with the FD lenses and the SSCs, like the fifty five one point two, and uh, and you also got the fifties. Um, I put putting those together as well. You got you got you know, four four or so of, of of those, and then you've also got quite a few people who've got the LTM fifty one point two as well. That's that's a, a very popular lens and then you've got four people four people with the uh, Minolta Rockor 58 1.2 which is um, one of the um, it's almost like one of the halo lenses people have, have got a, a lot of people I should say have got a very high opinion of that lens and then you've got uh, smaller numbers coming in for things like the auto uh, review nons um, whether that be uh, by Cassina or Tomioka um, so there's quite a few people out there have got those um, and also a few numbers with the uh, the Pentax um, 51.2, and a couple of people with seven artisans, and uh, and a few other few other ones coming down there. Interesting enough, there's the uh, uh, one person uh, I think I think I know who this is. It's going to be Phil uh, with the uh, um, put in there with the projection lens of a Cower Promenade 16. Thank you for that, Phil. Um, and uh, uh, which is actually, funnily enough, that's a lens I've actually got some experience of as well. So um, I might even chat about that one. But uh, and then you've got other lenses like the the fifty one point two, and then you got then there's one person uh, out there at least that answered has got the Miticon, uh, the fifty mil zero point nine five, which is you know pretty much as fast as the go um, in the real world at least anyway. So. Um, there weren't really any 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 surprises out there, um, but um, there's a, a, a good range. Um, so let's move on to the second question, um, which is, 
If you own or wish to own a, a 1.2 lens or faster, this is 50 to 58, uh, pick your top three uh, uses for it. And the top three, well, the, the top answer by quite some margin, 76% um, of people actually pick this. And the idea was you could pick three, three answers, um, was portraiture, um, which is an interesting one. Um, because as we've heard uh, vocally many times, James Giordano uh, views 50 to 50. Why the f would you use a 50 millimeter lens for portraits? Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 And um, and there's there's, a, there's 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 something in that. But the other the other part to that is, of course, well, we don't actually know what um, sensor size. Right. Is, is being used for these. So yeah. if you're if you're on APS-C or Micro Four Thirds, then 50 millimeter lenses make a huge amount of sense um, yeah. as as portrait lenses. Certainly more so than 50. That's not to say that people don't use 50 millimeter lenses for portraits because they do and they can and they can look great. Um, but as a as a general rule. Um, the 85 to the 100 is, uh, or even 85 to 135, in fact, are uh, deemed to be the, uh, um, the 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 best, should we say? I, I'm putting that in quotes. Uh, the best uh, focal length for uh, for for that kind of port, that kind of work. Uh, other popular uses: uh, low light urban, uh, low light at events, uh, which came up higher than I thought it would. Um, then you got street and street and people. Um, which is interesting because you've got such a tiny depth of field. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that came as a bit of a surprise to me there. Um, you know what? The, it, it works great. Um, so now, whenever I get a new lens, I use it for every day that I have it for a while. And then it sits in my lens cabinet. But I've been using my 1.2 and all I've shot so far with it, except for a couple of still lifes, is um, photos of people at a, at a local farmer's market. And I'd really, really like it. You miss a lot of shots. You miss, you miss a large percentage of shots. But the ones that you nail, they're really, neat. they're really cool. Yeah, yeah. Lots of good pictures of people's backs. So, <laughs> no, not pictures of people's backs. So, the, well, the, 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 the question, the question there though is, um, would you, when you you're going, you're going to go out and you're going to take do some street photography? Is that is that the lens that you immediately think? I know that you can use it for street photography, but is that a lens that you would actually choose to use? Depends I on. I, yeah. I, I normally would not, and and um, I, I normally when I would go out and do street photography, take a 35 2.8 or something like that. But um, even before I got this lens, I was messing around at these morning markets where you have a big crowd of people, and the bokeh is really cool if you have people in it. And I was using, I was shooting at f 1.4 with another uh, Nikkor lens and um, hit, same thing, you know, relatively low hit rate, but the pictures that turned out were really cool. And, and that lens um, gives 3d pop at 1.4. And um, so I don't know. I pro no, I, I probably wouldn't. Cause when I do street photography, it's usually in a city, which means I've taken a smaller camera and I do like that 35 2.8 for street photography. Well, the other, the other two, um, this is, there's, there's loads of answers and I'm, I'm not going to go through them all, but, uh, uh, after streets and people, you've got fine art, um, whatever that means exactly. Um, I, put, I thought I'd put it in there as a category and quite a few people, uh, take fine art photos with their, their 1.2 lenses. And then in sixth place, 
uh, which uh, I'm I'm not sure if it really is in sixth place. Is Flowers and Nature? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you if you look at our our group, there's a lot of photos that are taken of flowers with, I, with very fast lenses. I think these are aspirational answers rather than truthful answers, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, now we got okay. we we got quite a few comments um, on 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 this. Um, well, actually, nine comments is quite a few. <laughs> um, Carl, do you want to tell us something about the the comments that we had there? Sure. And you know, I want to go back to uh, yeah. Jimmy because um, I know Jimmy uses longer lens for for portraits, but um, a one point two could just be perfect for him because you remember, don't you remember him saying that he likes to get the nose out of focus a little bit and. Um, if he, if, so if you got the eyes in focus, it would look like the person had no nose at all. And that could be actually and, a good and, thing. And, right? and one eye in focus. They'd or one. Like, they, yeah, they'd be, like a, they'd be like a cyclops with a blurry nose. You could get that one eye in focus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i gotta, I got to find that picture of the um, – we're going to go there. That's the, the banner image that I put, used that Simon really liked the one time with the, the, uh, the cross-eyed um, – <laughs> it freaked me out. It got, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't open the page while it was on there. I'm sorry. Great, great moments in Carl Haven's banner image choosing. <laughs> it was good. It was a good picture. Okay, we have green eyes. I remember the color even. Okay. Um, well, the comments on this one. No, they were. They're not. It was just not, what bokeh shots, which we didn't have as a choice. That was interesting. We ask, what do people do with the 1.2 lens? And we didn't include bokeh shots. It's one of the choices. But someone put that astrophotography. That's interesting. Shooting print on flat pieces of paper <laughs> with a smiling face. So I don't know if it's fine art nudes. I, I don't know if these are real or not. They're just um, sh shooting film. Okay. I consider it normal standard 50 all around lens. Narrow depth of field, Boca, da 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 da. I'm not really falling all over myself to get an f1.2 in the 50 range. Okay, well that's interesting. So that's oh. one of the other. So I, I like this interesting. This one person said um, an all-around lens because I took this out the other day and I shot images all the way up to f11 on it and um, and and just used it as a 50 millimeter lens. Yeah. And um, and so it gave me the whole breadth of. of depth of, of field and it was kind of nice yeah well just just going back to that that final answer there um i i'm not really falling over myself to get an f 1.2 lens in the 50 millimeter range um which is interesting because i thought okay well i'm gonna have a look at the rest of the answers that this person has given and um and it's 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 quite interesting because uh and I'm going to, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here um, uh, because this person is not falling over themselves. Um, it said in the final question, uh, if, which is just say what you like. Uh, and he goes, I'm not, uh, he goes in, in general, um, but one, actually I better read the whole thing. Uh, not really off the, an off the chest thing. And, uh, but I think fast lenses are terrific in general. Uh, but once you're using a lens that's f 1.5 or 1.4, I'm not sure you gain that much, uh, that much anyway. And then these is the telling phrase. Least wise, 
because uh, I think I only know one person in the world that uses that, uses the phrase "leastwise" um, aesthetically. Um, but by so by going a bit faster, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hopeless at reading things out. Uh, and um, so he just talks about uh, he's more interested in character uh, rather than a, the way that the than speed. And now, of course, James has famously said that um, it's too short for uh, for, for portraiture. You know, he, he would he'd have to go for an 85 millimeter lens. And, he's, and he says, here, we have it. He's not falling over himself to buy one. And guess what happened earlier this week? James bought a 50, 55 millimeter f 1.2 lens. Um, within almost within hours of saying yeah. how in, how disinterested yeah. he was in having yeah. one and how uh, how inappropriate for the kind of photography that he does is, and then, and then he can blame me if he doesn't like it because he bought the same lens that I <laughs> that I bought. And so this guy that you were just talking about, it's interesting. And there's a couple of people like this that don't own one, but don't think that they're any good. Or, or um, and so it reminds me of um, back in the day when I had. Um, my Olympus camera and uh, said that I didn't need a full frame. And then when I had my Fuji camera and I said that I don't need full frame. And then, I, and then I got a full frame camera and not all of my lenses by any means, but many of my lenses, especially SLR lenses are entirely different. And I always thought that um, it wasn't worth the money. It's just going to be a, a, a wider uh, field of view with the lens. And it's just going to look the same. And it, and it turned out to be, I was, I was totally wrong that, that, that lenses just came alive. And so um, it would be interesting for some of these people who have never owned one, but don't think that there are any uh, value to them to, to try one out. Because there's some that are um, a reasonable cost. And then they could sell them if they didn't like them. But they might be surprised that it isn't, it isn't what they think. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, proponent of that view. As in, uh, if you if you can afford to if you can afford to buy a lens, and when we say like they some of them aren't too expensive, well, actually, yeah, they, they, there's no such thing really unless you're extremely lucky as a um, as a cheap um, 1.2 lens or faster. Um, but certainly, you can you you can sometimes drop on and buy something that you can use and try and. And, and you'll have the option to to sell it for at least what you pay for it, if not um, a little bit more. So it's 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 always a good idea to 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 try these things out. And it's you know, and so when someone says that, then I wonder, well, God, you know, what kind of one point four lenses do they have? Because um, I don't know. I just bought a one point four lens two day, two evenings ago. Um, like I sit in bed and I look look at eBay, and then I buy lenses sometimes, and um, I paid double. What I paid for the 1.2 lens. Now it was a Canon LTM 51.4, so it's a higher end lens in terms of cost. But um, so anyway, ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, that uh, I suppose the the flip side there though, when you when you go into like the the, the budget end of the of the 1.2 lenses, um, notably, um, I would, what comes to mind is the the Canon FL uh, 58 1.2. Uh, yeah. Which is something that 
the Carl and I have, 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 have both owned and both been, well, I think initially I, I, I was quite impressed with it, probably with the novelty of uh, just how fast the shutter speed was uh, was was running at 1.2 when I'm walking around in almost in the dark. Um, but ultimately the, uh, the the photographs were way too soft for me um, and it suffered too, too much from flare. I like, I like a bit of flare um, and I don't have to have sharpness, but I felt that it was lacking in, in sharpness, it was lacking in contrast. And I think that's yeah. actually one of the comments that was uh, we, we've received about that lens, actually. Yeah. Um, that lens, it's a dog. I, I, um, <laughs> no, not for it. Oh, 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 we, can't, we can't say that. Because I, gonna um, be, there will be people out there that love that lens. And it's, no, I, yeah. I, had, I bought one and, and um, I thought, oh, well, there's something wrong with it. Like, I have a bad one. So I bought, I bought another one and it was the same way. And then, and then I decided, okay, that's it. That's kind of the same thing with um, the um, pre-AI Nikkor 51.4 lens. And I've, I've tried three of them. So thinking each time, this is such a cool-looking lens and it feels so nice. I just have a bad one. <laughs> and they're not very expensive either. And I've never gotten a good one yet. So maybe I just have bad luck. But it is it is that thing, though, with, with 1.2 lenses and faster, you, you do tend to get what you pay for i think the 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 bargain one out there is 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 the nickel that you have the nickel s uh, i would say carl but so certainly in the us like they're actually quite sensibly priced it seems quite sensibly priced and i and i i think the so the quality is good and i and and i have something to compare it with because i had um an ai 51.2 on on my sony before i dropped it on the concrete floor and ruined it and um, I sold it for parts for more than I bought this Nikkor S for, and and I like and I think this is a better quality lens. I really like it uh, much better. I think it's sharper, wide open. Mine is sharper, wide open, and uh, the bokeh is more interesting. And I, it it reminds me. There's a thing I always say about the um, AIS 51.4 that I have, and I can't, and I can't describe why what it is about the images I like, but they're just very clean and um soft and and just and they're sharp at the same time and this lens is has almost exactly the same attributes as the ais 51.4 and maybe i'm lucky and i just have a really good one but i but i quite like it okay well let's uh, move on to question three um which is uh, uh if if you own one do you think it's worth the extra money over a 1.4 and uh, roughly um, two thirds of the respondents uh, believe that yes, it absolutely is worth uh, worth the ex the extra cost. Um, and this is something we got quite a few more comments on this one. So uh, I'll hand over again to to you, Carl, on that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So right, we got um, twenty seven comments on this one, and um, the first one says there is really. There is not, so I would make sure I don't do a double negative here. There is not really that much difference when it comes to speed drawing. No, I really meant there is no difference. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm handing over this bit because you can read far better than I can. Right? <laughs> when it comes to speed and drawing. Now, I, I don't find, okay, that's interesting. Okay, I haven't observed that myself um, in using a 1.2 lens compared to a 1.4, I presume. Uh, then the next one right after it says, the rendering is completely different. 
um, I've found that to be the case too. Um, so, so we got so the fir- the first two uh, right, comments right, are completely right. con- contrary. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, classic lens too soft for me. It does what a one point four does, but more so. They were cheap. I don't, mm, that's interesting. Okay, depends which one you're comparing. Yeah, there's a huge difference between a one point four and a one point eight. I imagine the same might be true. But okay, well, it doesn't have one. All right. Um, I like it for showing off at the camera club. <laughs> okay, and, and that, right. I, th- I think that's a, I think that's something that's worth talking about. That's there, a because... valid answer. Talking about one point two is historically speaking. So yeah, because there, there's abs- there's absolutely something uh, about physically owning uh, a, a one point two lens and being able to say that you own a one point two lens, and it's a it's a it's a complete nonsense, of course. So it, it, you should just have the lenses that that work for you and do the do the job that you want them to do but there are some things you just like to have um i'm certainly guilty of of of, of owning more than one 1.2 lens I, i've got two fast lenses now but i've i've always i've usually had one in my possession and uh, and then when something comes along that i think i like more i tend i tend to keep it um but I, i'm not a heavy user of 1.2 lenses or shooting at 1.2 but there's just something something good about actually owning one and it's that thing that the situation might come up where that's exactly what you need and and i've got it and it just makes you feel good yep and then um there's a comment about um i usually use my 1.2 lens at 1.4 because it's better than using a 1.4 lens at 1.4 so that's kind of interesting um Mm -hmm. so i don't find myself doing that but um on this old on the on the Nikors, there's a stop between the 1.2 and the two, and I think it's 1.4. And you can just so if you if you peep at people's um, bokeh balls like Simon does, you'd be able to tell <laughs> that they had stopped the lens down just a little bit, but it sharpens it up amazingly. Yeah. Um, I think that this, that this lens that we've been talking about, this Nikkor S, is sharp at 1.2, but that this going down just to 1.4 is nice. And 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 I'll have to say, you know. Um, with that AI 51.4, or 1.2. I, re- I remember shooting a photo one time at F2. And I think it was Giza, someone who's commented, this is the sharpest photo I've ever seen you take. And and actually, the, the, that lens at 1.2, for some reason, was, was as sharp as, as other lenses that I have at F8. Yeah. And um, so so there, there is something about that, and I don't know what it is, that, that as you start to close it down, it's bad. the ones that I've had anyway. They're they're sharper than lenses that are, that have that as their widest aperture. Well, the, the, I was going to say the the Nikon's are quite famous for um, being particularly sharp at f two. Yeah, right. Um, that's that's yeah. something that's, that's that's well known and it's out there, and that's something I've experienced with a, a fifty five one one point two. I, I took a. Uh, a clandestine shot of a, of a man reading the paper in a library, and it just absolutely jumps out and i'm not convinced that a, a 1.4 lens the the equivalent nickel um stopped down to f2 would have actually delivered that same shot um mm-hmm. so i think there's definitely something in that yeah 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 it's uh, you know it's interesting that some it depends i think it does really depend on the lens but i i i think you're right that lens is remarkably sharp even at at 1.2 but as you stop it down you know even more so but i you know, I have lenses at one 
1.2 lenses at 1.4. Well, the pen, the pen F is a good example. The 42 millimeter F 1.2 versus the 40 millimeter F 1.4. I mean, the, the, the 42 stopped down to 1.4 is not sharper than the 40 millimeter at 1.4. So it, I mean, it does, it's really, I think it depends on the lens, like that 42 millimeter pen lens sharpens up very slowly as you, as you stop down. Um, and others like the Nikors seem to be like kind of ridiculously sharp just from wide open, you know? Right. I've I've got to, I've got to say something now when we're saying about, 1.2 1.2 lens lenses being being sharp i think that's uh as in at wide open i think that's a that's a relative position um yeah and <clears throat> because ultimately they they are not ultimately sharp they are sharp for 1.2 maybe or certain lens 1.2 lenses are sharp for a 1.2 lens but i, I can't put my hand on the heart and actually say there's a they truly sharp 1.2 lens that I've used, um, and I would also say that the. Um, so I, I did a test on these uh, about eighteen months ago. I, I just happened to have quite a few of them pa- passing through, and uh, one of them was the Canon FD fifty one point two L, which is reputed to be reputedly to be the sharpest of the one point two lenses. And when I tested it against uh, some others, I think there was a, had a. Uh, Minolta MD fifty one point two, which was which is excellent on, on on sharpness as well, wide open, um, and it it definitely was the and I think I, I tried it against a fifty five Nikkor as well, and I, there was another lens which is uh, escaping me, um, but the it was definitely um, sharper than these lenses that you've just been calling you know really sharp, and now this this was a a step up. Um, the downside with that lens uh, was it was it was the least satisfying of the of probably any f1.2 lens i've i've ever used um which is possibly down to the sharpness um pixel peeping minolta hater that's what you are uh, no no i'm talking about i'm not i'm not even talking about the minoltas now um i'm on about this the the canon and uh, um, and uh, because yeah, the the, the fifty eight Minolta, um, yeah, it's glowy, and I, I wouldn't even no, I don't think anybody would actually go out and call it sharp unless you're yeah, a, a, a Minolta yeah. fanboy. Um, right. uh, and there are plenty of those who are saying it is sharp. It is it all yeah. <laughs> Not when you compare it to some other things. Uh, that that's that's the point. It's sharp enough, and and if it's sharp enough, that's good enough. That's all that matters. Um, so yeah, if you're pixel peeping and. Uh, yeah, quite a few of us do that. I'm I'm guilty of doing it as well. And uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a great lens like Canon. But um, the out of focus areas, not not so uh, not so pleasing. Um, it's it's quite hard to actually put my finger on it. But uh, certainly the shots I was taking uh, side by side with other lenses, it was the it didn't it didn't really do it for me. In fact, actually I can remember what the other lens was that was in that test that I did, um, and it was the Konica. Um, the version uh, one um, AR fifty seven one point two, yeah. and that's that uh, at the time was the lens that um, won the gig for me, and that that was the lens that stayed. I could have kept the fifty eight, I could uh, Minolta, the fifty Minolta, the uh, so I was never going to keep them all, but I could have kept one of them, and I, and and yeah, that Canon was the sharpest; it was sharper, but I felt that the the Konica gave me the best uh, overall 
compromise between sharpness and uh, and the bokeh, if you will, um, and and skin tones and and everything. It just sort of that for me um, was the, the the head and shoulders uh, best lens out of those uh, those those one point two lenses. It's interesting you say that, Simon, because I I mean my you know I was just saying my reaction to the you know the 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 Nikors and the Canons, the SLR lenses, are that yeah they're very to me they are very sharp at one point two. And but but here's the thing. I think what what to me what they look like is, um, they're very sharp. But the out of focus rendering is, uh, shall we say, not as, I guess, unique or, uh, uh, kind of blow you away kind of out of focus rendering. Which, so to me, it's almost like they perform more like one point four lenses that happen to be a little bit faster than one point four. Um, there, I, I really like the look of them, but I, it's almost like you look at it. It's like, oh, is that at one point two? Because the background is okay. It's not, you know, super super interesting. Whereas you look at a lens like, you know, like the, the Canon LTM fifty one point two, and I mean, it's like in an, it's like an otherworldly at one point two. Now it's not as sharp. That's the trade off. It's lower contrast, and it's not. It's got good central sharpness, but it's certainly not sharp anywhere near across the frame. But the out of focus rendering is ridiculous. I mean, it looks like you're in outer space or something. It's, you know, it's a completely different kind of rendering. So, I mean, I guess that's what impressed me about, you know, the rendering of the, particularly the the Nikkor that um, Carl's talking about, the fifty five one two, the non AI. Is that the one you're talking about, Carl? Yeah, and someone okay. commented exactly what you said. Yeah, when I and posted and. That and yeah, yeah, and and I've seen, I I've you know seen shots with that, and it's my reaction too. It's like you got to be kidding me. That's a one point two. It's like it's like ridiculously sharp, you know, and has this amazing pop to it at one point two. And that's been my reaction to that particular lens as well. But if you stop and look at it, the background, it's almost not. It almost doesn't have the the typical character you expect of a 1.2 it's almost like it has more depth of field in a weird way i know that's not what it is but it, it, like a, you're right. it looks that way do you know what i'm saying yeah i think that it, that's what i've thought of too but it's a great yeah. rendering i mean I, I i think i think it's an amazing rendering it's just it's just different so i think there's i think there's some really different categories of rendering within the 1.2 category if that makes sense yeah. Well, well, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, and I've 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 beaten up Canon so far at the for the FL fifty eight and now the uh, FDL fifty. Yeah. Um, but the, the the lenses in between though, um, the FD fifty and the FD fifty fives, and there's loads of different versions of those as well. Um, yeah. I've not actually tried those, but from what I've seen of them, they they don't have that uh, ultra clinical look of the uh, the the FDL has yeah, there's a there's yeah. a better fall off i mean by the way I, I i don't entirely agree with what you've you've you've, you've said there uh, johnny because I, I i i think the the fall off with the with the with the nikons is 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 is, is fine as far as i'm i'm concerned and it's certainly um i preferred the the, the look of the the nickel the 55 um, to this F, fdl but mm -hmm. um and i and i certainly wouldn't have described it as as being super sharp certainly uh, the the canon 
uh, FDL and uh, and my my Konica, uh, were both sharper than it um, at one one point two. Uh, but I just felt that uh, uh, the, the the Konica gives gives a nice balance between the two and then let's say good good skin tones. But so I think with the the mm. Nikon, I'm, I'm I've got in my head that it turned people green. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, it's probably on your Sony. <laughs> Yeah, it may, it may, it may, 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 may well. Funny enough, I had exactly the same problem using the Samyang uh, 85 1.4. Uh, that turns people green on my, on my Sony as well. Uh, but you only, but this is the thing though, you only actually see some of these differences, these these nuances, when you're taking exactly the same photograph on the tripod of the same subject at the same time in the same light. And right. if you don't right. do all of those those things, then really your, your observations about how sharp or how a lens renders compared to another one, it's it you've it's it's you've got to question how relevant that that opinion is, um, because we've we've all got all gone out with great lenses, lenses that we absolutely love, and the, and we look out through the through the viewfinder and think this isn't looking as good as it should do. And it's just because something's not quite right. Um, and the, the, the problem is we can sometimes ascribe that, 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 um, that, that problem that you're seeing uh, to the lens when actually it's more to do with you and, the, and how you're dealing with the light and, and things like that. So it's, uh, yep. and, and this is why we've ended up talking for 28 episodes about lenses really. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, because there's just so many, so many different opinions there. Yep. So uh, okay. yeah, we've got a got a, a, a few more to go through as well there. Um, yeah, not 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 too many. Uh, I think the only substantive one is um, a great a huge hunk of glass that looked great but didn't get much use at one point two. Okay, that, that was kind of how I felt when I had the AI fifty one point two. I didn't I didn't use it very much, but I liked having it. And but now that now I now I use the 55 pretty often um well actually that's that's something i want to touch on as well um and this goes back to a, a conversation that, that i was having in the um conica collectors facebook group um uh, was I, I posted a picture up with my 57 and uh <clears throat> in the in the in the comments i i said i don't actually use it that much now i i, I use another lens and uh, i want to expand on that and and it's it is to do with this thing about this this huge hulk of glass uh, that goes on, on on the front because you know if you are certainly the the, the smaller the camera then the, the more and more that that is an issue that if uh, just how much weight that's that's on the front i i tend if i use a 1.2 lens i certainly like the the conica or one of the others um, i tend to use it with a with a battery grip uh, because it, it just balances on my sony better and the same used to go for when i used to use my uh, Micro Four Thirds uh, Olympus, which I have a battery grip for that, so I, it didn't really bother me about the the, the the larger lenses. But I wouldn't have been quite so comfortable um, if I didn't have the battery grips. Um, but that's actually one of the big reasons, perhaps, why I don't actually use my Konica anywhere near as often as I could do. Um, because there are plenty of I've got plenty of standard lenses, and the, the, there are some lenses that tend to be my go-to lens, and I, I sort of sometimes have to like force myself to actually use the uh, use the Konica. Um, whenever I do use the Konica, I'm, I'm always happy that I've picked it up because it, it does, it always delivers, but it's just that, that inconvenience of the, of the, the size and weight of it. Plus also another, um, like, it seems like every lens, there's, there's, there's always, there's always something wrong with a lens that you can criticize and you wish it wasn't this way. And the, the big criticism, uh, about the, 
the Konica uh, 57 1.2 is the aperture ring. It's just it's horrible. It's it's, it's tiny. Horrible. It's it's thin. It's quite stiff. Um, it's easy to to lose when you when you put it on your camera and you think where's where's it gone and uh, and it can also lock into f16 and uh, onto the, onto the automatic session, setting and so on and uh, that that for me is the the only real downer of this lens. But um, as we've heard on a few occasions, a, a another super fast lens entered my life about six months ago and that's the seven artisans um 50 millimeter f 1.1 um which we've talked about on a, on a on a few occasions but i've got the the two of them in front of me at the moment and they're both sitting on adapters uh, because ultimately it's no point just just looking at the lenses by themselves it's how you're physically going to use them and i use them both on the sony so i've got two sony adapters uh, in front of me with the uh, the lenses mounted to them and the the size difference between the two is very very noticeable i can put the the seven artisan lens onto the onto the camera and it's yeah you, you can feel some heft but it's not a, a light lens especially you know the amount of glass that's in there but it's yeah the size of it is just is just handier i can put it into a smaller bag um, that's, a, that's an m mount right it is and and that's obviously the the biggest single difference because one is designed for uh, a, a mirrorless system in this case the leica m yeah we never used to call them mirrorless but that's what they are it's a rangefinder, uh where of course the uh Konica is a um slr lens and um and i've so it, it, it sits closer to the body and it's i mean there's i think it's about 100 grams lighter and um yeah it it, it just I'm, I'm not saying it's specifically a better lens than the conica i've not actually done the two head to head i have no idea which one's sharper at, uh, at widest apertures and i'm not sure i really care that much um but it's a case of the the seven artisans gets the gig far more often than the the other one simply because it's 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 more pocketable it's it's got a proper aperture ring on it um and i can also mount it on a as it is at the moment with a, a focusing helicoid um so that i can get really really good uh, close focus on as well so it, for me it's the ultimate um super fast lens the size thing's interesting because so that it doesn't bother me the um, size of this 1.2 Nikkor, but it, it's big. It's really big and heavy. Um, but you know, I I said I just bought a um, an LTM 51.4 Canon, and the performance of that lens, from my experience on the Sony, is very very similar to the FL 51.4, which is a cheap lens, but that's a really huge lens, and 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 it was one of the main reasons that I decided I really I want to get another. Uh, 51.4 to replace my this one that was screwed up and uh, because it's small and it sits nice and close to the camera with that very small adapter that you have for a, for an LTM 39 lens and so same thing yeah putting it into a camera bag if I put when I carry this camera and my camera my Sony and this big lens on my camera bag it's taking up a huge amount of the space in the compartment there um, yep but I don't find it too big. I don't use a battery grip. I don't. I hate battery grips, and um, I don't think it find it too big to hold. In fact, I when I'm walking around, I'm resting the camera on the palm of my left hand, and so um, it's actually a perfectly designed lens, the 55 1.4, because if you hold it that way, you can turn the focus ring, and you can put your thumb over, and it's right on that tab on the uh, not a tab, but the old uh, the old fashioned AI coupler thing. Uh, 
lets you turn the aperture really easily. Just just clarify, you just said 1.4, you mean 1.2? The 1 1.2, yeah. On the 1.2, yeah, on the 1.2. Yeah, so it's heavy and big, but um, walking around, I'm usually holding the camera with my with my right hand on the on the grip and the camera's sitting in my palm and my my hands on the focus ring. Then I can just put my thumb up and just pop it over into a different into a different uh, aperture. Yeah. Okay. So we have big paws like Carl. Right, okay. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna love it. Well, yeah. <laughs> r r r right. 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 All right. Um, I think that's those were the main comments that we got on that one. Okay. And then uh, so question four uh, was um, an optional question. Twenty one people answered it. Um, if you used to own a 1.2 uh, lens or faster, uh, but sold it for non-financial reasons, why did you sell it? Right, and so we got uh, a really long first uh, response that we thought was Johnny, but he said it wasn't him. So someone else also has a lot of these kinds of lenses. As an example, I used to have an Olympus Pen 42 1.2, which you just said you owned. And I don't know anyone else. Yeah, I, have, I still have both of okay. mine. You have two, which yeah. is a half-frame standard lens. Who else writes like this even besides you? Um, <laughs> well, 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 most of the Pen F lenses are great performers. I didn't get the same feeling about the 42 1.2. Low contrast and sharpness, wide open, but and and quite a lot of blooming, which I think must mean... Um, it means he got a bad one. Okay. The 41.4 is a much better choice. The 41.4 is such a good lens that it's, I mean, it, it's a remarkable compared to any lens. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I've had them all. Also, the Pen 61.5, which is a great performer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, so I would just, I would just, I mean, I could, I have every lens mentioned here. Um, and I would say that the 42 1.2 Pen lens, yeah, it is. It's it's so soft, wide open that it's hard to find focus focus point. Um, and you stop it down to one point four, and it's a little bit better. It's certainly not any sharper than the forty one point four at one point four. Um, but here's the thing: if you stop that lens down to like let's say f eight or so, it's incredible. I mean, the color's incredible. The sharpness across the frame is incredible. It's at, at at, at stop down, it's like one of the nicest lenses I've ever used, and it's usable at the wider apertures. It just it sharpens up very slowly, whereas the one point four, the forty one point four, by two point eight, it's sharp across the frame. It's ridiculous, you know. So I mean that it, it, that lens is a really kind of a special case. Um, it's an unusual lens, but but it it, it is sharp. But that a lot of them have. Uh, some separation in the front group, which shows up as haze, and it's really not haze. It's the 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 balsam breaking down. So it's it's a hard lens to find a good copy of, which is why I have two. So I've got I've, I've got to say, yeah, of a rare, ex, an expensive one point two lens that really only really shows its best off at f eight. <laughs> you're not you're not, you're, you're not selling it to me there. <laughs> yeah, but all right, but again, let's go back in time to when people bought these lenses. Nobody used the four of one point two at one point two on a film camera. You couldn't focus it at one point two, so you bought it for the brighter viewfinder that you got because you got more light coming into the viewfinder yeah. and as and as an all around if, if you're going to have a single all around lens you weren't going to beat it because it was going to be the best corrected 
normal lens you could get. So, so most people are going to shoot it stop down anyway. It's going to kick the crap out of anything else stop down. I mean, they do. And the color on that lens is unreal. I've never seen anything like it before. So, I mean, it, yeah, okay, every lens is good stop down, but it's like remarkably good stop down. It's not just that it's sharp. It's that the color correction, the color rendering is perfect. Like everything about it is amazing. So, you know, again, it's, I think judging the lenses in the standard of the day when they were, you know, in the market and why they were in the market versus judging them now against everything else. We could just go on eBay and buy whatever we want. Carl's probably bought three lenses for his birthday on eBay already today, just during the podcast. So, I mean, it, not you know, I'm saying, the week, not today. <laughs> but I'm looking at one, you know, I'm, <laughs> could happen. Could happen. <laughs> well, go, just going that that point you made there about, and I think it's something that it's it's worth um, talking about. There, you 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 mentioned that uh, people buy, bought one point two lenses, these fast lenses, um, to help them focus um, and have brighter viewfinders. And I guess that uh, when you're talking about a pen lens, you've got a a smaller uh, viewfinder, so therefore that, that extra brightness is going to yeah. be it's a premium. Yeah, and a pen, the Pen FT, well, the Pen F is better, but the Pen FT, because they put a meter in it, which um, is, I guess, useful, but because they, they put a meter in the Pen FT, and the, the way that that meter works is it, it pulls about 10% of the light off the already dim viewfinder, yeah. um, making it even dimmer. So on a Pen FT, a 42 1.2 lens is really a nice thing to have because it just brightens the viewfinder up so much. Yeah. So. You know, it, but I mean, that's true on uh, just uh, all the SLR stuff. I mean, that was, you know, you could make the argument in a lot of the, the, the reason people bought those lenses back in the day was they made viewfinders brighter. And it also they, you know, it was like a big cock replacement. Like you had, <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, but seriously, you, you, we have to consider that as part of the reason 1.2 lenses exist. And part of the reason, I mean, the, nobody owns a, a like a a Nocton lens that costs whatever twelve thousand dollars for any other reason than it's a big dick lens. You do not shoot that. You can't. You can't focus a lens that wide on a, a on a on a rangefinder. You can't hit focus at one point one. There's no way. So it, it it's and there, it, you don't need it for brightness because it's a rangefinder. So on an SLR, it gives you a brighter viewfinder. On a rangefinder, it's a big dick lens. Period. It is. I mean, come on. I, I just okay. I just wish to give the opportunity to anybody that owns such a lens on the Leica to uh, write a reply. So uh, please, please please write yeah. in to uh, tell yeah. us uh, you know why why, why John John is wrong there. Yeah, maybe Ken Rockwell will finally uh, write us and tell us we're all wrong. This is like a perfect would be a perfect Ken Rockwell uh, kind of response to why you would own a a fifty millimeter one point oh whatever lens for your for your Leica. <laughs> Well, you could if you've got a digital one, of course, you can use it in live view and hold hold it, uh, it, it oh, yeah. at arm's length. And, yeah, because uh, that's and... going to give you the true Leica experience. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, go through. I'll go through some more of the response. Okay, so um, let's see. We had three anal retentive people who put an NA for an optional question response. Um, let's see. We, uh, we, we, have, um, we, we have. We have um, we have some people who sold them to buy other things. One, one who, who sold it to, to pick up pick up a, 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 a micro four thirds camera body, and we had someone who sold one to buy a, an autofocus lens. 
uh, someone who isn't doing paid work, doesn't need it anymore, um, sold it because he could only use freelance with it. Okay, that's a good reason. Um, never used it. Give it as a gift to someone who would like it more. Nice gift. Good. Um, sold Pentax SMC 51.2 and a Tomioka 55 1.2 because the Pentax is no better than the 1.4 and the Tomioka is glowing and soft and was not appealing at 1.2. Actually, that, that, that point there about the uh, the Pentax, um, yeah. because the Pentax 51.2 uh, not been any better than the 1.4, uh, that's an interesting comment, that is. Because yeah. that's, a, that's a lens, the, the, the 51.2 Pentax is a lens with a great reputation. I've not actually used one, um, but I, that, that, that just stands out to me as an interesting comment. Yeah. It's yeah. Sold the Canomatic because it did not grow on me, heavy, and it didn't look good on my EM5. So, all right. So the solution for that is to look good on his EM5. You need a leather jacket and a goatee, and um, <laughs> what else do you need? Look good. The cool strap, right? Um, yep. Okay. Um, that's it. That's it. And then the the final question, uh, it was just say, you know, tell us what you say, tell us what you want to say about uh, about these lenses. So it's just a very a very general one where people can just say whatever they like. All right. Um, oh yeah, right, I right. Have to scroll down. Okay, thirty two responses. Here we go. <clears throat> I gave up on super fast classic lenses. The price tag is often too much compared to f one point four lenses. And I don't like the extra size since I have to stop down to get decent IQ anyway. Classic super fast standard lenses are a piece of shit. No, you didn't say no. <laughs> I, class, classic super fast standard lenses have more flaws with IQ. Extra feed, the extra speed magnifies optical weaknesses. I have one super fast lens left in my collection, and that is the modern Chinese 50. 0.95, which we've talked about, which is a nice lens. Yeah, the it's called Zongi, if that's yeah, how you yeah. pronounce it. Good lens. Yeah. Quite big and heavy compared to my slower standard rangefinder and SLR lenses, but gives that little extra when you need it. It also has nice drawing and character and recommended over classic 1.2 lenses. So two people have said the word drawing, and I've never heard that word used to refer to a lens before. Simon, what, what do they mean? I, I, I view that as another word for rendering. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, actually, so just good. just just a point on the. I mean, we've not really touched that much on the the the, the really super fast ones, um, apart from uh, Johnny's comments earlier. Um, and so the uh, the Speedmaster fifty mil zero point nine five. I've seen some great results with that. Um, and I think it's certainly another lens that's benefiting, shall we say, with 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 modern optics. Um, and I, the the kind of shots I've seen that work particularly well with that. Because they're thinking, well, why do you need such a tiny depth of field. I mean, you've, 1.2 is tiny, 1.4 is tiny. Um, so why do you need 0 0.95? And I've seen some shots where you can just isolate a person at, at, a, at, a, at a distance. Yep. And 
and knock out knock out what's going on behind it and what's going out in front of it and ultimately that's that is one of the big features with uh, with this type of lens but the fact is it is a sharp modern lens right, which means that you right. get you do get this this pop with that in a, in a way that you you're going to struggle with most 1.2 lenses which are going to yes you can isolate that person with a with, with whichever 1.2 lens you've got but you're not necessarily going to get that sharp definition in the way that that this one with its extra sharp um optics are going to give you so that that will be the benefit of it if you if that's what you want in a lens yep good yeah Okay, um, and we had, sometimes it can be used as an effect rather than to work with the concept of the image. In 10 or 20 years, will we look back at the use and abuse of ultra-thin depth of field and TNS lenses, I don't know what that means, in the same way that we now look back at the effects filters and Koken mania. That said, used well, a razor-thin depth of field and the ability to shoot in very low light can be wonderful. I love my Pentax 135 1.8. Okay. Good. Well thought out. All right. Um, good to use wide open to stop sound nicely. And then someone wrote say, and I don't know what the fuck that means. And then someone said NA, another person that thought they had to answer all the questions, even though it said optional. Um, well, but we, but, not, we, but we thank thank him all the same for making the effort. So thank you for the same for, for the not applicable. Um, well, I've not bothered with them because they're not very good, are they? I guess they're pretty handy when pentaprisms weren't so bright, but otherwise their purpose has diminished somewhat since those days. Of course, there's many reasons for owning them, and I never deride anyone lusting or after or coveting one, but you so, can just all f off. So if I was an FBI profiler, okay, I would I would <laughs> say the person answering this question is over sixty, white male, perhaps with a drinking problem and a little chip on their shoulder, because this sounds exactly like what the old grump asses at the camera shop come in and talk about one point two lenses. That's exactly what they say. That's the old school answer about who would own a 1.2 lens because they were probably still so pissed off that they couldn't buy one back in 1974 that they are still angry that they exist. Okay, maybe. I, yeah. I, I, I just wish to say the views expressed by Johnny Sisson are not representative <laughs> of the uh, Classic Lenses podcast. Please continue. Right, and we did not discriminate based on age. <clears throat> they are um, extremely hard to use since you have less than a few millimeter, millimeters of depth of field when shooting close by. Like shooting a portrait at f1.2 and get the focus at the right spot and still being satisfied with the final result. I think shooting an f1.4 can be very challenging. Why take that challenge even further? Okay. Great for artistic uses, but not needed. Um, so much hype for a little extra light. All right. Yeah, right. Okay. For digital, I only have APS-C cameras. The extra low light helps, plus when shooting film at night without a tripod, I could use all the light I can get. Um, super fast lens isn't the final step of your photography gear. But it is your partner for learning new windows about light and techniques. They're hard to nail critical focus on the eyes because of the shallow depth of field. Super fast glasses way cool, K-O-O-L. Uh, you can comment in a minute about how old the person is, Johnny. I just have, I, 
I just do not have one. Seven Artisans has the right, right price point, though. Okay, there you go. Plug for Seven Artisans. If you need to buy one and you want a good price, and, um, I don't know about the value because I don't have one. Seven Artisans, it is, it is a good price. Well, you can, um, and, you I, can, and you can also go to Hamish Gill's site, 35MMC, where he sells them. That was shameless. You can go to Hamish's site. No, but, <laughs> I'll, I'll take, you can go I'll take my commission can, later. <laughs> but you can, but you, you can see all of his photos that he's taken with it also. He has a good gallery, so you can get a sense of what kind of images you could possibly take if you, if you were not a bad photographer. I want <laughs> a... <laughs> I want, I want that. Oh I want that f1.1 Chinese lens. Um, there you go. He, he does. Enough. He does. Definitely okay. does. Okay. Um, super fast lenses. How many? How many different accounts did Hamish have to use to sign in to comment about that lens? I mean, it's like. Oh, yeah, Lambo Calrissian at gmail.com. I, I, I hate bokeh, bokeh obsession. Oh, you, um, you, also, you, you missed out there. Bigger is better. Bigger is better. Bigger is bigger, yeah. Longer is better. <laughs> <laughs> longer is better. All right. <laughs> what are, my, I, I didn't. <laughs> I should have written one myself. When I have it on my camera, my wife says, what are you compensating for? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and she should know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> these are specialty lenses capable of providing unique effects in the proper circumstances, but not re recommended as a regular go-to lens. Wait, you missed one. <laughs> what, wait, wait, wait. Okay. People often, that one? Seem yeah. to want them without having a reason and without having even used one before. It's really strange. <laughs> yeah, right. Luke, Luca Brasi, right? <laughs> so Luca Brasi was uh, asked to the podcast. Thank you, Luca. Yeah, yeah. He commented on that on um, on the yeah. Facebook page. Something very similar. Um, I always thought that one point two lenses were overrated hype, and maybe some of them are. But the two that I own are simply wonderful, if chosen. In the chosen role of portraiture. Okay, good. Um, I don't get it. Why spend tons of money on a fast lens when you can simply upgrade your camera to have better ISO? Oh, okay. that's an interesting one. Yeah, where'd you yeah, start with yeah. that? Let's yeah, talk about that one. Good, yeah, it's a good comment, actually. Yeah. Well, so, if that's the only reason that you bought it was to um, to have um, faster shutter speed or more light coming in, I guess if, if that's the only reason that you buy it, then he's right. So I... I, but see, I would actually say that about, I wouldn't say that about 1.2 lens, but I would say that about like an F4 lens. You know what I mean? Like it, like, like a lens with a maximum aperture F4 now, if your primary interest in it is just like usefulness, I mean, yeah, you just crank up your ISO a couple of stops and you basically, now you've got like a F2.8 lens. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like, it, it's actually a decent argument for more modern glass while you don't need to buy super fast modern lenses when you could buy slower lens oh. well there's also a technical one on there as well again with the with the modern lenses and if you've got a, a a faster aperture that usually coincides with better af performance as well yeah yeah okay um, but, right. the, but uh, the flip the flip side on that of course is it, it's 
most people are buying these super fast lenses not because of the uh, ISO usage, because of the right, uh, right. the, the artistic uh, element, uh, the, yeah, the, the 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 more variety of uh, shots that you can actually create with a one point two is um, certainly can you know compare a 1.2 lens to uh, that, that good old favorite, a uh, 2.8 Tessar 50 mil. Um, right. And there's a world of difference that you can create that you just simply cannot do with, with the, with the slower lens. And obviously, you know, the, the, the faster lens gets from 2.8 to getting, getting faster, then that, that narrows the gap. And it's, and it's this thing, the, the difference between a 1.4 and a 1.2 is not that great. Uh, but it's certainly, it's a big difference between the 1.2 and F2, for instance. Yeah. So, uh, yep. so yeah, the, the, You've got far more versatility with that faster lens. Yep. So then we have. Um, I'm not going to read every single one of these. So we have. Overhyped, you don't have many left. Overhyped in relation to actual results can sell those people anything, and I, I presume this refers to photographers being suckers. There's and, Jimmy and and, and, and uh, the, the, the Jimmy Fong <laughs> and that and what's that thing called that Hamish is designing that, that thing but but that thing's okay right that's not a yeah we like that okay that's good we like that <laughs> okay let's see the um the next one two ish lens I will get will be the Seven Artisans fifty one point one from Shameless from from Hamish from Hamish Gill. Okay. HamishGill23 at gmail.com. Get, get, get a 1. Get a 1.2 or else you will be heckled by your friends. Be reminded without it, there could be no winners. Okay. And that, here's the last one. Not really off my chest thing, but I think fast lenses are terrific in general. But once you're using a lens at 1.5 or 1.4, I'm not sure you gain that much. Least, least wise. Least mm -hmm. wise. Least yes, this, we? Aesthetically. <laughs> but going a bit faster. Character in the way a lens renders is more important to me than simply speed. I don't know if people get the least wise because it's an inside joke. We've never talked about this <laughs> outside of the page, uh, outside of our, our discussion group, right? The least wise. And we'll probably wonder what the f are we doing making a joke about the word least wise all the time. All right. But I, I, I will say whoever made this comment. <laughs> In their whiz may have a bit of wit. So I I've said b before that my favorite one point two lens is actually uh, a fifty millimeter one point five sonar because the 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 fall off and the autofocus rendering of a sonar at one point five pretty much looks like a an amazing one point two in my opinion. So I mean it the, and there's actually something something to that comment depending on what le you know lenses you might be considering no i kind of i kind of think that too i, I think that about a, a jupiter um three yeah that's what i'm saying i mean a jupiter yep. three is a great example yeah. i mean that lens at 1.5 yeah will outdo the look of most 1.2 lenses at 1.2 you know i mean if that's the look you want maybe what you really want is a sonar yeah good okay that, that was the last one right so um <laughs> That's taken us quite a while to get through there. So I mean that that's but we've we've had some really good answers there and some 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 excellent insight uh, into in, into these lenses. Why why we do it and uh, some of the, the good reasons why we do it and some of the bad reasons why we uh, we have these lenses. Um, and um, uh, I was going to say, uh, uh, have we actually covered the lenses that we've all got? But yeah, I think I think we have. Have you got any other one point two lenses, Johnny, that you've not mentioned? 
Uh, actually, I do. Yeah, let's see. I mentioned I the. So, yeah, yeah. I meant I mentioned the. I have the Pen forty two one point two, the uh, Canon fifty one point two LTM, but I do have another. I only so when I got the when I got the Canon fifty. 1.2 was actually the first 50 millimeter 1.2 lens that I bought. And I, I kind of quit after that because I, I was like, you know, the reason I bought this lens is there's nothing else in my opinion that renders like it. It's like a basic completely unique lens. I mean, I guess you could say the, the 0.95 dream lens, which is a, pretty much the same lens also does that. But to me, that lens is just, it's out of reach for mere mortals. So I, I basically got the 51.2 Canon LTM and just quit buying one, one point two fifties. But I did get, I have the, uh, the Olympus OM 51.2. Um, and I, I did get that lens. And the, the, I mean, the reason I got it was to use really to use it on my, uh, Olympus film cameras, you know, and also on, but even really kind of more so, to use it on my uh, Olympus Pen uh, film cameras if for the reasons that were previously mentioned is that 1.2 aperture really, really brightens up the viewfinder. And it's it's a small lens comparatively. I mean, the, the OM lenses handle really well on the Olympus Pen film cameras because the Olympus made a really great adapter for the OM lenses to go on the pen. So, I mean, it basically feels like you're using a native you know, lens adapted on that camera. So... I do have that one and I, I, I will, I mean, it, that, that lens has a great reputation and I would say deservedly. So, um, it, you know, it's one of the, I, I mean, I guess it, it was made, you know, the, the Olympus OM line was made basically up to about the year 2000. So that lens, you can find copies of that lens that are really not that old. Um, and it benefits from having, you know, really great coatings. It's just a very far along developed manual lens um, if you look at all the manual lenses from, you know, that were made back in the day, I'd say the, 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 uh, Minolta, you know, 51.2, same story. I mean, they made those lenses up, you know, until really not that long ago. So you're getting a lens that benefits from a long history of lens design and coating design. So it, it, it but it still renders like a classic lens. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that lens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we did have another maybe one or two more things to talk about, but I'm beginning to think now we've actually been talking for a very long time. So I think yeah, we I got to pee. Yeah, so I think we'll. Um, I think this is probably a good time to uh, to to bring the podcast to a, to an end now. So Johnny, uh, how can people keep up with you on social media and wherever you are? Uh, you can you can find me on Instagram uh, at at Sisson Photography. You can find me most days um, at Central Camera Company in Chicago at the camera sales desk counter area. Um, and you can find me in the Classic Lenses Facebook group. And you can email us at classiclensespodcast at gmail.com. And Carl? Um, primarily on our, our photography with Classic Lenses Facebook page, also on Flickr and Instagram. And I want to—I just want to give a, a quick shout out um, and welcome a new member. So we have a new member, um, and I hope we pronounce his name right. Uh, Pavel, P-A-V-E-L, Sinagal. And the guy just joined like, in the last two weeks, and he's posted fantastic black and white images. And, um, and today he has a really cool color image. I think it's the first color image I've seen him post of a streetcar. And 
That is great. So welcome to the group. Yeah, he's he's posted some great pictures, and uh, you you chose one of his pictures to be the banner last week as well, which I yeah. I noticed is with with a group of people with their backs towards the camera, which is I just wondering if that was uh, that was the kind of uh, shot they think. I wish I had done that one. It's but, very uh, Carl. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Carl esque. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a good shot. But I'm, I'm, it surprised me that was the one that you picked. But uh, it obviously spoke to you. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, um, and uh, I'm on, uh, where am I? I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me as Simon Forster on Twitter, on Instagram, um, as uh, Simon Forster Photographic. I have a website, um, which is simonforsterphotographic.co.uk, where I'm selling adapters. And I'm even putting more lenses on there. I've doubled the co- quantity of lenses for sale. There are now two All lenses right. uh, on there, <laughs> both of them with video descriptions and uh, more video descriptions to come. Ooh. Um, I'm also on Flickr, um, eBay shop. If you do a search, in fact, if you just type in Simon Simon Forster photographic, that you can, I, I turn up in a few places. Um, one final thank you to uh, Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com uh, for his uh, music that we use uh, to start and end the show, which is Octoblue. So thank you for that, Kevin. And uh, finally, uh, you can catch up with most of us on uh, the Facebook group Photography with Classic Lenses Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show and uh, thank you and goodbye okay gotcha but uh, other than that it's all it's going to be there in all its glory forever all right (laughs) and this is why Johnny needs to do his homework I got it Simon it's just like (laughs) you do this with the the boys don't you now you see this is why you do your homework (laughs) 